Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Doug and Jess just literally seconds away. Be the 10th caller now to win a gift certificate from Sorgles in Wexford, 412-922-1020. To join Doug and Jess, 866-391-1020. Doug Oster, everybodygardens.com, and Jessica Wallace are both from that brand that is the Tribune Review. Good morning, Doug. Good morning, Jess. Good morning. I am Doug Oster from Everybody Gardens and the Tribune Review. And I'm horticulturist Jessica Walliser. It's all over. What's all over? It's all done. Oh, the season? Finally lost my begonias to the oh, cold. Yeah. I lost a lot of things to the cold. This was a, <laughs> there were some cold nights this week. It was a bit like January in some ways. Yeah, it was. It was but it was, you, we had a long tough. season. Like this fall was long. I feel like. Yeah, it was, it was great. I, I was telling you before we came on, I, I bought these begonias at Han for 99 cents a flat. I think it was in August. Stuck them in. Bunch of containers, which I hadn't planted yet, and, you know, just lost them a couple days ago. So that was, you know, a good three months out of them at a bargain, and they looked great there. They were, they loved it, and I, I'm not the biggest fan of those, like, normal begonias. Like the like, wax begonias? Yeah, 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 but they worked good for there. Yeah, and the deer don't eat them, so that's usually the deer uh, don't eat them. And also, that's before we came on, Jessica was telling me a tale of woe for the with the deer. Oh, it's so awful. I, I looked out the window the other day and there's an eight point buck standing right off of the patio. No, was that, the, didn't, didn't Ty tell you that there was somebody? Well, he's <laughs> fond of telling me when there's a deer in the yard. He's like, mom, there's a friend in the yard. And Oof. I'm like, Arr. yeah, we've had a lot of deer in the yard this fall. So we've like all the little trees, our fruit trees and stuff are all fenced in now in the vegetable garden. I uh, I did manage to save a little bit of kale from them, so I put some netting over the top of that. But they ate the shard and the spinach and the lettuce, and they uprooted my fall lettuce crop just when it was ready to be harvested. Oh. So I know it's so it's really frustrating. But then obviously they're hungry, so but yeah, what? I know <laughs> I need to get a taller fence around the vegetable garden. I think that's the um, the lesson. The bucks too, when they're chasing, mm-hmm. I I get worried. There, I had one right at the house, and I went out there. Had the dog on the leash barking, and this buck would was just looking at me like, "Are you a, a rival, or what are you?" Mm. You know, and I was like, "It, it really, it really wouldn't move." Mm-hmm. You know, mm. it was a Mexican standoff. <laughs> <laughs> Who won? That's what I want to know. <laughs> the dog. <laughs> we, we went back inside. <laughs> Probably a smart decision. Well, yesterday, okay. yesterday I planted six hundred bulbs. Good for you. And I made a little video, a silent film. Okay. <laughs> that I just posted this morning, and it's pretty fun. I saw your Facebook story with your with your drill and the mm-hmm. auger on the end, planting it, bulbs. It was, uh, you know, probably took three four hours. Yeah. Real easy with the uh, tulips, putting those in the vegetable garden, but okay. you know, the woods, you know that that's where it's tough to drill and that was 200 daffodils went in there and then the other 400 bulbs went into the vegetable garden which is a little easier but i still have more coming believe it or not i still have some more bulbs coming but the 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 biggest chunk are planted well whoever owns your house after you do i hope they appreciate it 
They when won't. you retire and move to like Bali or something, they, I they won't. They won't. They won't. Just take the weed whacker out there and say, "What are these? Oh. What are these yellow things?" <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's not the case because you've got well, I was actually, tens of thousands of them. I was actually thinking about that. It, you know, would it have to be the, the right person, and you know, I could see them. You know, cutting. I, I'm putting in some really nice shrubs. You know, every year I'm adding something. I'm trying to fill the woods up with interesting things. But who, who's going to know? You know, like who's even going to see a sourwood or an American hornbeam or, or a kusa dogwood or you know, a heptacodium? You need a plant nerd like you and I to come yeah. in there and yeah. Well, or you could just live in that house forever and ever, and then probably, you don't have to worry probably, about it. Someday. That's probably the way it's going to go. <laughs> You know, big giant old 1939 Tudor for two people. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, and two dogs. Yeah. The dogs need a lot of room. They each need their and own three bedroom, chickens. Right? <laughs> each need their own Maybe bedroom. we should get a, an indoor area for the chickens. The chicken, an indoor chicken run. That <laughs> yeah. would smell real great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, no, I mean, it, the deer have been very problematic, but there's also been a lot of great about uh, the fall garden. And one of the tasks that I did on Friday was I emptied all my containers. Uh, I have a lot of big glazed terracotta pots that are pretty expensive so i move them all into the shed for the winter so they don't crack how did you do that so i well we have the tractor cart you know that goes on the back of the tractor so i shovel all the dead plants and old soil into the tractor cart and i dump that on our compost pile and then i put the pots into the tractor cart drive the tractor cart up to the shed and unload every pot is liftable um yeah by yeah Wow. They, I, they're heavy, though. I mean, I've yeah. got some big ones that are pretty heavy, so it might be a couple more and, years I won't be able to lift awkward, them. But... awkward thing to move. And I use the hand truck, too, for a lot of them. Like, when I bring them down in the spring from the shed, it, it's downhill, so I can use the hand truck for that. You um, know, it's a two-man job, but I, it is. I love that uh, pot lifter thing that I have. It's a great, yeah, it's a great, we just use it for something else, too, the other day. Yeah, just kind of like, uh, how would you explain it? Like two... Sort of like a strap system. Yeah, with the handles on each end and you just put it around the container and uh, most of mine stay outside. I just, I, they're too big to move. I don't get yeah. the dirt out of them. Now they're frozen solid. Yeah. And, you know. I just, they crack. And when you pay that much money yeah, for I those know. big, beautiful glazed ones. And the other thing I did is I have a big uh, red Abyssinian banana or an ornamental banana that was in the front garden this year. And it, this is its third year. And uh, all I do, I cut it, cut all the leaves off of the plant, every single leaf off the plant. It's probably maybe two feet wide now. I dig it up out of the garden, and the root system is really shallow and it's not not extensive. It's not fibrous. It's sort of these big, thick roots, but they're really close to the surface. So I dig them out, and I just lifted it, carried it, put it in the garage in a tub, like one of those big plastic mm-hmm. tubs that I throw my weeds in, put it in the garage, shoved it in the back corner of the garage, and it'll sit there the whole winter. Just with no soil on wow. the roots, nothing. Just completely dormant. And this is the third year that I've done it. And uh, and it was really heavy because it was so waterlogged because it had just rained. But that water is going to be what, you know, sees it through the winter. So that'll be in storage now for winter. And I'm, I'm glad I'll hopefully get a fourth year out of that. Such a great plant. All right. We're going to take a break. We'll come back. Get right to your phone calls. Congratulations to Jane from Glenshaw, winner of that gift certificate from Sorgos. All right, here we go, folks. Anita in McKeesport up first for Doug and Jess. Good morning, Anita. Uh, good morning. Um, I think we already got that um, cold from Siberia last week. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, um, I bought seeds from Denise um, a few years ago uh, for zinnias, and um, I planted them this year, and they turned out beautiful. They were like uh, three, four. 
All right. We uh, lost that phone call. Let's go to uh, Jim in Wexford. Hey, Jim, how you doing? Good. Uh, I have uh, about eight or ten small trees, uh, sapling size, you know, three foot tall, and I have them in uh, plastic pots trying to get roots established before I put them in the ground, and uh, they froze solid on me. Would that uh, kill them or damage the roots? What kind of tree was it? They're a red bud, uh, crab apple, uh, those kind of little, little saplings. Dogwood, small dogwoods, maybe three foot tall. Yeah, so they would survive a, a few frosts um, in the pot like that, but for the long term, for the winter, you're really going to want to get them insulated a little better than that. So at this point, um, you could plant them in the ground or you can sink the pots down into the ground uh, as if you were planting them. And actually a great place to do that is if you have a compost pile, sink them down into the compost pile because that compost pile is nice and hot and it's going to stay warm all winter long. Um, so that would be a good place to sort of, they call that healing, healing them in. So Man, it's a, temporarily putting a good them in day there. to do it. You know, yeah, this is going to be a great day up, to do it. Yep. Get in the soil and, uh, I'd be tempted to plant them. That's what I would want to do. If yeah. you're going to dig the holes to heal them in, but either way would work. Yeah. I don't have, uh, I don't have a place really to put them all yet. I'm just okay. kind of getting the, the roots established, but yeah, that's what I did. But the, they were frozen solid on a pot. Is that that's still okay? Yeah, you just want to make sure that you now take the pot, sink the whole plant down into the ground, or sink the pot down into the ground, right up to its upper rim. Yeah. Um, and then you could even lay a couple of, like, evergreen boughs around the top of the pot a little bit. So that will add a little yeah. extra insulation without... It's not like piling mulch on it or anything like that. It'll still let the plant breathe. But that insulation is going to be really, really important to keeping those plants alive through the winter. Okay. Okay. Thanks. You betcha. All right. Let's try Anita again in McKeesport. Hey, Anita, good morning. Welcome back. Oh, so much for the cell phone. I'm on my landline. <laughs> there you go. Now we can hear <laughs> much you. Better, much better. Perfect. So we got that it was zinnias, and you got the seeds from Denise. And how tall are they? They're like, um, they grew three, four feet high, and they were... Um, pink, yellow, orange, beautiful. They were, uh, and, and I can't remember the name of them. I, I didn't save the packet. And they were award-winning um, zinnias. And, oh, they were absolutely beautiful. And um, should I, you know, pull them out now that they're frozen? And can I save the, the flower heads? And, and how would I make seeds? Yeah. Better? I would definitely save the seeds if you had How a. How did I do that? Yeah, so the flower heads, actually zinnias, are one of the easiest ones to save. So today, when it's nice outside, and we have beautiful weather. Um, cut off some of the seed heads, and I would just lay them on a piece of newspaper somewhere in a dry room in your house, and just let them sit there and let the seed head fully dry. So it might be two, three weeks that it sits like that. And then you can, after that point, you can kind of crack them apart, and they'll fall apart real easily, and you'll see the seeds. They almost look like um, little winged pieces of brown, uh, like, craft paper, and they've got little wings on them. So uh, they, that would be the way to save them and then separate them out from the rest of the, you know, dead part of the seed head. And I, and I would let them sit out another week or so, and then I would pack them up, and I'd pack them up either in a, uh, like a, um, um, someone said umbrella envelope 
or like a little glass jar or, or something an umbrella. like that. Or an umbrella <laughs> would work. Umbrella envelope, same thing. Could it? Could they be hybrid though? That's what. Yeah, I'm they will. They'll be so they'll be sort of like a natural hybrid. They won't be exactly the same as the parent plant because they do cross pollinate a little bit. Um, but they'll still probably re- be really good. Like a lot, a lot of zinnias will naturally cross like that, but you'll still get cool projects. I'm just trying. I'm just guessing that might be an AAS winner. And yeah, see, there's some F1 zinnias. So yeah, that's yeah, all. yeah. Maybe Denise could call later and mention it. Yeah, if she knows a variety, I'm sure she'll be happy to tell us what what it is. But um, and I'm sure it's an AHS winner as well because I believe she gets a lot of seeds like that mm-hmm. to give out. So. Um, so stay tuned. Keep listening. Um, maybe she'll come on and we might have a suggestion as to that variety. Cecilia in, Cecilia in Cranberry. Hey, Cecilia. Good morning. Um, so speaking of cleaning out pots, I had an ornamental sweet potato in one of my pot, hmm? pots. And when I was cleaning it out, I actually got a couple of nice sweet potatoes. Now, before I poisoned my husband with these, are they actually edible? Your husband is not going to want to eat them. They are edible, but they're gr- they don't okay. taste good at all. They're not <clears throat> the same sweet potato as the sweet potatoes that we buy at the grocery store to eat or that you grow to eat. Uh, they are ornamental. They have a very bland, boring taste. But she could save uh, them, right? Book. Yeah, that's what I would do. You could save them to plant I next year. Save them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, really? Yeah. So you treat them like you would treat a dahlia tuber or a canna canna tuber. Uh, you, okay. you know, brush off all the soil, let them sit out for a couple of days to dry. And then, uh, I use peat moss. Do you, I think Doug uses vermiculite? Vermiculite. Yeah. And you just pack them in a layer of that, put them in a cardboard box and you can keep them all winter and replant them in the spring. Just put the whole tuber in in the spring. You can, or you can treat it as if it were like when you do regular sweet potatoes, they usually will cut the potato in half. And prop it up in water, and then the sprouts that come off of them, they call them slips. And you cut the sprout off of the potato, and then you plant that. So you could do that and get a lot more plants from that one tuber, from one or two tubers, because it will have eyes just like a regular potato has eyes, and they'll sprout. So you can get more plants that way. Without, if that seems too complicated for you, you can just plant the whole big tuber. Oh, awesome. That's better than uh, feeding that to my husband. Yeah, definitely, because then you get more plants, and what could be better than more plants? Hi. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So thanks very much. You're welcome. Thank you. Did you ever grow uh, sweet potatoes? I tried it one year. I just I did not have good luck, but I also think I probably didn't do the best variety. I needed to do a variety that was shorter season. Yeah. Yeah. I was wondering, uh, when we were talking about deer, I saw you had a story about chronic wasting disease and like if a deer comes through your garden and uh leaves its uh what it leaves is there an issue there as far as disease is concerned yeah deer poop you mean is that what you were That's what I was trying going to for. elegantly on yes. a sunday morning during breakfast say right. yes um yeah and that was a question that readers i often get from readers and they want to know you know is that deer poop safe to have in the garden is there a chance especially if it's in a vegetable garden is there a chance that that chronic wasting disease could get to, you know, I could be infected. And the research now is that they they don't see a transition to humans, uh, especially not through the waste. Obviously, you don't want to intentionally eat a deer that you know has had chronic, you know, has chronic wasting disease. But even that, 
eating the meat, there's no like proof that chronic wasting disease is transmitted through that as well. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't be careful with deer waste in the garden because even more important than that are things like E. coli and other pathogens. So if you have deer waste in your vegetable garden, maybe have a separate shovel where you can shovel that and get rid of it and and you know that area of the garden maybe make sure you wash your produce really well that comes out of that spot because you can get other pathogens that are definitely transmittable to humans what are you going to do once and for all with this vegetable garden to keep the deer out i don't know <laughs> i don't know i don't know you can't i can't put like deer netting up or... i could but i don't want to look at that okay you know what i mean like it's I'd almost like to ha- it's almost invisible i'd like to find an attractive solution and actually what i'd like to do is the whole fence around the whole yard mm-hmm. i'd like Jeez. to make that taller oh. but just do an extension like a um like an extension pole and then just do fishing line okay. or in that invisible deer name so you're not really like you're not looking at it, it doesn't look my thing is i want to fence the deer out but i also don't want it to make like i'm fenced in I don't want to fence myself don't in. Don't fence me in. Don't fence me in, baby. <laughs> I'm free range. I, I don't want it to make it, I don't want to feel fenced in myself. So I don't want to put like a stockade fence around the whole yard, which I know would do the job, but I don't want to do that. You so. wouldn't have lasted long in that vegetable garden. I did the story on up in uh, SCI Cambridge Springs, the prison, the women's prison. Why is that? 30 foot tall right Yeah, that definitely, I definitely would feel <laughs> you fenced, were fenced in. You fenced in. Yeah. You know, you two are not supposed to eat some of those plants that you uh, grow in your garden. (laughs) Where in the world are you going today? All right, listen, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Lots more with Doug and Jess. We've got some lines available. Give us a call, 866-391-1020. Coming up next hour, your favorite shrimp recipes, fried, scampi, shrimp cocktail, and more on the Coons Cooking Hour. Tenth caller right now wins a $25 gift certificate uh, from Janoski's in Clinton at 412-922-1020. Let's say hi to Jeff. Jeff, how you doing? Welcome to the program with Doug and Jess. Good morning. Good morning. What's on your mind, bud? <clears throat> uh, so um, we had a uh, butterfly bush, and it was up there in, in our garden for about 10 years and died of old age. So um, <clears throat> last year I planted one about five, six feet away from where that one was, thinking I probably shouldn't put it in the same place. Um, was that a good decision? Because uh, it died in February. Ugh, They're yeah. fickle. They really, they really are. are fickle. Sometimes they'll go longer than 10 years. They'll just go, 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 but then sometimes just, boom, they're gone. Mm-hmm. And I have had the same thing happen to multiple ones that at my house as well, where it would be just like the plant's healthy and lovely, and we have even a mild winter, and it just dies, or one main big giant branch of it dies so uh don't think it's anything to do with your green thumb there's nothing wrong with your green thumb um i would just make sure that you choose uh you know if you plant another one it doesn't matter whether you plant it in the same site or not um it you know you can you can choose to go a few feet away or put it right back down in the same spot it's just that particular plant unfortunately yeah just a butterfly bush is just yeah, they're snickety. Yeah, they're pers- I thought maybe it was because I left it in the bucket for months in the summer. Well, that might have that might that might you didn't tell us that yeah, part. You brought that up in the beginning. <laughs> oh, wait a minute, it was flourishing in December and January. Okay, all right. All right. Well, well, we'll still say it's not your fault. Okay? Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Anytime you leave a plant in a pot for a long period of time like that, 
you're stressing it out a little bit. So under investigation, you want to find out more information. Right, right. You want to make sure that you plant it as soon as possible, or even put it into a bigger pot. Mm-hmm. Right. That, that's your well, other choice. There. It was a big pot. It was like one and a half gallon. Okay. Well, that's not that big for a butterfly bush. So you know they are big. They can get to be quite big, and they need a lot of room to grow. So we we'll make sure that you get the next one in the ground a little sooner. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, you, but still don't be disappointed a couple of years down the road if you have to replace it again, because that's just the, yeah. the nature of that plant. That was the kitty's entertainment system. I mean, he was jumping up trying to catch butterflies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. What other kind of plants could you put in if you didn't want to put in a butterfly yeah, bush? So that's another thing, right? So there's, a, there's actually quite a bit of controversy around butterfly bushes because in many states they're actually on the um, noxious weed list because they self-sow really prolifically and they displace in certain kinds of habitats. They can displace some native plant species. So um, there's some other alternatives if you're looking for something that uh, attracts just as many butterflies but maybe doesn't have that. Uh, ability to really reseed everywhere. One of my favorites is the button bush, cephalanthus. And button bush gets these round golf ball sized white flowers. And when I had my butterfly bush, the, the button bush actually had more butterflies on it than the butterfly bush. Does it need a lot of water? It does, it can. See them growing on the side of the lake. Yep, it's sort of, it's native habitat is sort of in, in wet lowland areas, but I have mine in regular garden soil at the top of a retaining wall, and it does beautifully. Uh, and it's a great plant, it's a beautiful plant. And then another one that, although it's an annual, but is just a butterfly magnet as well, is the Mexican sunflower. Um, which is not native to Pennsylvania, but it's an annual plant that dies in the winter. One of Doug and I our favorite plants. We talk about this plant all the time. And mine went crazy this year. Mine too. Ten feet tall. Huge. And we're like 12 and they cracked on themselves. And I just took them out. Big, big orange, beautiful flowers. Tithonia is the uh, the botanical name for it or e- Mexican sunflower. Easy to grow. Very easy to grow. Yep. Diane Ford City, congratulations. Winner of that gift certificate from Janoski's. Ellie, you're up next. How are you? Hello. Go ahead. Yes. Um, my mom and I enjoy listening to your show every week. My mom passed away unexpectedly on Halloween. Oh, I'm sorry. But, um, my question is, is it too late to plant perennials like coneflowers and blanket flowers and Asiatic lilies? You know, it's getting to the end. I'm still putting them in. I, I still have some left over, so I'm okay. still putting them in. But yeah, I'd but- rather put them in in September, but if you didn't get them in, if you've if you have them, and that's my, the situation I'm in. I've got yeah. some anemone left, and I think one other one other perennial. I'm going to have to stick it in. I don't have any choice, really. Yeah. Try today. Yeah. I mean, if you have them, you have them already, and you just need to plant them still. Yes. Yeah. So, so here's the deal: when you plant this late in the season, um, the the roots are not going to have chance usually to get established, even though the soil is still warm. Uh, they're not going to be able to get established. And so what, what will happen is when we get these freeze-thaw cycles that, that Pittsburgh is quite fond of, right, freeze-thaw, freeze-thaw, it actually can heave the plants up out of the soil. So if you do plant this late in the season, one thing you really should do is take a walk through the garden every couple of weeks through the winter months. And if you notice that uh, the roots kind of popping up out of the soil surface from the freeze-thaw cycles, just take your foot and kind of step it back down around the plant to push it back down into the soil, and that will help keep those roots from popping up out of the ground. And th- that's really when you risk harming them is when they get a, a solid freeze like that because they've popped up out of the ground. 
Okay, thank you. And how late can you plant bulbs? Till the ground freezes solid. Okay, thank you so much. Enjoy your show. Thank Have a you. nice day. Thank you, you so- too. Sooner is always better, but yeah. if you didn't get it in. Right. I wouldn't go to the nursery and buy no. all these plants right now, but if you have them and you need to find it, or in my case, sometimes I put perennials in my big pots. You know, I'll mm-hmm. include them mm-hmm. in my mixture with annuals, and when I disassemble the pots, I don't want to get rid of those plants. I want to put them in the garden. So if you're in that situation, obviously, then you want to go ahead and either put them in a permanent place and just make sure that you step them in every couple of weeks if they heave up out, or you can temporarily heal them into the compost pile or maybe somewhere in the vegetable garden and then move them to their permanent home in the spring. All right, let's say hi. Up next, it is Nancy, Mount Lebanon. Hi, Nancy. Good morning. Good morning. I have a question about wintering over geraniums. First, is it worth it? And if it is, would you do the sunny basement windowsill or the paper bag deal? Oh, this will be interesting. I'll, I'll be interested to see what you do. I I like to do them as a as a house plant. Is it worth it? it? It's worth it if you enjoy doing it. I mean, I actually don't do it anymore. But I used to really like. Wow, I can make this thing go all winter long. But uh, do you store them the other way? Do you ever store them the other way? I've done it both ways. Um, I'm now don't bother with it. I yeah. just buy new ones every year. But I mean, it was it was fun when we were you know when oh, you were yeah, doing it. Oh yeah, experiment with it. It's kind of cool. And if you have a basement windowsill and the plant's already in a pot, it's not going to hurt anything. Mm-hmm. I'd cut it back significantly okay. when you move it in because otherwise it's going to get super leggy. Uh, and you can, what's even more fun if you do that, when you cut off, when you prune the plant back, you can take all those cuttings and start them in new pots of soil and root them, and then you have a lot more plants for next year. So that's kind of like Sounds a fun good. little green thumb experiment. And will I get an equal amount of blooms as if I went out and bought a new one next year? Yeah, and they'll actually probably bloom sooner. By okay. doing this, by overwintering, because it's in a, in a more mature state. Um, but most of the geraniums, you know, if we're talking about zonal geraniums, they're started by cuttings, not by seed when you buy them at the garden center. So they come into bloom. They're usually in bloom when you, you know, when you go and buy them, but you can't buy right. them until May. Whereas when you overwinter your own, you might actually get a couple blooms indoors before you can uh-huh. move that plant outside. Yeah, it's fun. Okay. Fun project. Well, I'll give it a try. Yeah, Good. why not? Let us, let us know. <laughs> All right, let's go to Marie, Marie from the north side, for Doug and Jeff, the Organic Gardeners. Hey, Marie. Hi, good morning. Thank you. Um, I have these lamb ears. I didn't plant them. Um, they're kind of growing wild on one side of my house, and I only get like two to three hours of sun on any side of my house. And the side they're growing on, it's the, the, it's the afternoon sun. They're reaching over the driveway, and they burn because they're on the concrete. And I don't know if um, I could dig up the whole clump of them and try to move them now or wait until the spring. Um, I don't because I'd like to put them somewhere else because I don't see them on that side. But I'll leave them there. But I'll have to move them closer to the house because right now they're on the edge near the driveway. I didn't plant them. They just mm-hmm. moved here, you know, ten years ago. And then I had another question. If you have time, sure. If it was me, I would move them in the spring. What do you think, Jess? Yeah, I'd move them in the spring too. I think it's a little too late now. Mm-hmm. They're pretty shallow-rooted plants. Um, although do they grow in a rocky soil, like a uh, yeah, they would do fine in a rocky, more rocky environment here. That would be fine. The the thing is, they might still burn out in their new place. Um, that's just one of the things that that plant does. Sometimes halfway okay. through the season, or when things start to get real hot, 
they turn brown and crispy and they just don't look so good. So just because you move it to the new spot doesn't mean that won't necessarily happen in and the new spot. what was your second question? Um, I have a friend that she's going to be digging up a hillside, and she has all these cactus plants. They're the big, flat, they look like big, big ears. They're flat, and they have these bright yellow flowers on them. And they're in full sun, and they're going to be destroyed. And I want to move them somewhere, and I don't know what time of year and what kind of soil where they would do best at. Yeah, so that's a prickly pear cactus. Full sun. Full full sun, lots of drainage. (laughs) Full sun, lots of drainage, and I am telling you, when you move them, you have better have some heavy-duty gloves and long sleeves and be very careful because not only do Mm. they hurt just like as a temporary little poke, but they (laughs) leave these little hairs behind in your Uh, skin. It's awful. That's where I'm getting those at. I couldn't figure out where I'm getting. I was pulling weeds around for her because she's a senior. Yeah. And around the around those plants, and it's like they must fly off. They do. They do. You don't have to touch it. Yeah, they kind of like uh like a little arrow shooting out at you. And we had one when I was a kid. My mama had one in the like front planting bed and the best hiding hide and seek spot was behind the U. But in order to get to that U, you had to walk past the prickly pear. Don't sit there. And we, yeah. And we, so just, I mean, you know, it's a great plant, but mm, be careful. Will they survive in like four hours sun? Cause I, like I said, I get two to four hours sun because of close to other houses and all the trees. You'd want more. Yeah. They'll survive, but they're going to not, they're probably not going to bloom. You they're going to be real spindly. Blooms. Yeah. How about a big, big pot going across um, a porch or. You could do that, know. but I'm not sure I'd want them that close to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you, had, if you know what, it would be good for the good for like a, a, a burglary to burglar. Yeah, or if you have like it's a great plant if you have like a lot of neighborhood dogs that like to you know oh, come yeah, into I your do. yard walkers, and you, you put them along the edge. My- the edge of your yard, and the dogs aren't going to cross over it to come in. I thought, the yard. Bed by the sidewalk. I thought yeah. you were going to say neighborhood kids. No, I don't no. want to. I don't want. No, not the kid. I don't want to hurt a dog though. Well, they would dead. know. They would know not to touch the plant. Like they, that's the thing. They're instinctual going to avoid that plant, which has the spines. They're not going to ever walk in there to use the bathroom. Like they know. So it's not like it's going to hurt the dog. They just going to. It's sort of like a prickly plant that they know better than to cross over that barrier. So. We'll be back. Time for Mrs. Know-It-All. She's a horticulturist, gardener, and our garden goddess, Denise Schreiber. How are you this morning? Uh, I am sitting here with a blanket on my lap and a cat on top of it, and I'm quite comfy. I bet. I'm hey, not going to want to move did, there did all you day. Hear that, did you hear that question about somebody who got some yeah. zinnia seeds from you? Uh, yeah. So she didn't specify whether they were the tall zinnias or the short zinnias. She said tall. She said like four, she did three, tall. three, four mm-hmm. foot tall. Mm-hmm. So that's probably the uh, series that I get from Renee's, the berry basket, which are the tall cutting ones. And they come in all different colors. You know, so there's pink, there's lavender, there's red, uh, there's an orange in it. Um, and, you know, zinnias don't hybridize whole lot. You know, um, but they will to a certain extent. But yeah, they're great. And what I like to do with the tall zinnias is to cut them. So actually, when I'm growing them from seed, I wait till they get their second set of true leaves, 
and then I cut them right there, and then they branch more, and you get a really sturdy plant, but you get tons more flowers. So the more you cut the taller zinnias, the more flowers you're going to have all season long, and they really keep on going until the very end of the season. Where were you giving those away at? <laughs> I've okay. been so many places All right. <laughs> I always thought it might be a certain event or something, but, boy, Anita sure loved those flowers. Yeah, oh, you can not fall in love with them. Yeah. You know, the Berry Basket season is, series is absolutely one of my favorite zinnias. And it's great. And uh, Renee's, I know, does a lot of combination seed packets like that, which is really cool where you mm-hmm. have, instead of having to buy a separate seed packet of each variety, it's the colors already mixed together from seed in the packet, which, and she even does that with like her lettuce blends and things like that. Uh, and for the vegetable garden, sometimes you can get three different types of tomato seed in one packet and then they're all color coded. And so then you can tell like the blue seeds are this variety of tomatoes. And I think that's kind of cool for home gardeners because then that lets you try different varieties with only having to buy one seed packet. Yeah, that's a nice seed company. Yeah, it is. All right, right back to the phones. It's Paris, Pennsylvania, and Bill is on the air with Doug and Jeff, the organic gardeners. Hi, Bill. Hey, how are you doing? We're doing good. What's going on? Go ahead. Uh, You had the uh, yellow uh, ox heart tomato seeds. Mm -hmm. How did that work out? Eh, they were okay. Not great. Did you get them? How about the orange? I don't remember. I remember the, what was it called? Howard's. I can't remember. I couldn't read your writing on the tag. Uh, That's no surprise. Uh, uh, Well, anyway, overall, I thought it was the best tomato season that I've ever seen. Uh, And, uh, matter of fact, I probably have a, oh, maybe close a bushel all wrapped up in newspaper. And uh, that seems to be working out fine, but... I have never seen tomatoes grow as big and as many of them uh, as long as I've grown tomatoes, and that's a good while. I had a great year, too. Uh, Did you grow that one, that yellow ox heart? I tried them, but uh, my seed didn't come up. Uh, The orange ox heart, which is by far my favorite tomato, and I've tried them all. Uh, That tomato, they were outstanding. And and the size of them was unbelievable. Okay, yeah. So I remember now the orange ox heart did good for me. In fact, all my ox heart varieties did great this year. And in fact, I don't think I had too many that did that did bad. Did you get uh, a lot of blight, Jess? Me, I I did towards the end of the. Actually, it was not right at the end. It was sort of in the middle of the season after we had that really long wet period. But then once it dried out, then it sort of stopped progressing so Bill, it wasn't as bad as i, I had, thought i had no blight and and i i have just never seen tomatoes do as well matter of fact uh, people i've i bet you i've gave five bushel of them away wow. people just they they really they uh, they really enjoy and you know uh, it's enjoyable to see people that don't grow that stuff to to have some on their plate, so it all worked out good. But I just wondered how the yellow ones worked out for you. Yeah, not, not great. The orange was great. What else do you really like to grow uh, tomato wise? What's another gr- favorite of yours? I I, I like uh, your potato top. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Uh, and 
a minister's wife gave me the seed. She didn't have, didn't have any place to put them anymore, and I always said she must have blessed them because <laughs> they do very well also. And I like a lot of the small tomatoes. I like the yellow, the small yellow pear ones. I like the and the black beauties. Uh, I like them a lot also. There's a, there's just so many good ones anymore. It's hard to pick one, but the orange by far is. My favorite, and also my neighbors, I guess. But they, it, it, it was just an amazing year for tomatoes, as far as I could see. And I, I did hear a lot of complaints, uh, mm-hmm. and it, it kind of shocked me. Thanks, Bill. Yeah, Good I think a lot of people did have fungal issues and blight issues, and, and, and I, um, I heard a lot of people, especially if struggled. you put the plants so close together that it doesn't allow them to dry off. They don't get good air circulation, so having proper spacing is really, really important. And you stake yours, right? I do stake mine, and I prune them really heavily as well, which I know you don't do in yours. I, but. I cage them, but I, I do want distance between them. Yeah, it's really important. And but you know what? It's, and he is right. The joy of sharing a mm-hmm. homegrown tomato with mm-hmm. someone who either can't grow them on their own or doesn't want to grow them on their own, it, it really is a fun thing to be it, able to share those. It's usually people. the guy at work that says, I, I don't grow tomatoes. I, I could get them down at the store for 20 cents. And then when you bring them in and put them on the thing, no, he's the first, the first guy running <laughs> over. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. What was your best tomato this year? Oh, probably, well, you know, my favorite, pineapple. But did you get pineapple? I did you get had a it? pineapple. I thought for a while there oh, okay. that I didn't because, or one of them was mislabeled, but I had two plants. One did turn out to be pineapple and one was some other thing. I don't, and Berkeley tie-dye, I really like that one too. Hmm. Do you ever grow Berkeley tie-dye? No, I've seen it though. Remember, the organic gardeners always aim to create a better place to garden. And a safer place to live. Guys, thank you so much. Always a joy. Thank you. They'll be back with you next week. Now we're going to get into the kitchen and do some shrimp recipes with you on the Coons Cooking Hour. So if you have a favorite shrimp recipe, I highly urge you to give us a call at 866-391-1020. Some lucky listeners are going to take home a $25 gift certificate from the folks at Coons Market. There is one near you. 8 o'clock news, just minutes away. Rob Pratt Sunday, KDK Radio. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 